Greetings and welcome to the Reconscious Medical Hour. I'm Ross DeStevie, the Chief Information Officer of the Reconscious Medical Group. And this on our episode, our first episode of the Reconscious Medical Hour, I'd like to introduce to you Dr. Mark with a K, who is the CEO of the corporation, our doctor on board, and the mastermind of the entire Reconscious Medical Group concept. Thank you, Rasta Stevie. My blessings and my honor, my friend. And we have a couple of special guests with us on the show today. And we've got Brett calling all the way in from Maxi Soda. We don't deal with Minnesota. He's from Maxi Soda. And my friend Misto the Magi. He's in the highest region of the Mile High City. There he is, hey, right everyone. there. Everyone. And so we're talking to you right here on the Reconscious Medical Hour. The Reconscious Medical Hour is an opportunity for us to get deeper into the subject of psychedelic psychotherapy. Psychedelic psychotherapy is something that's gaining a lot of traction right now in the world. And Dr. Mark with a K is one of the leaders in the industry. And the Reconscious Medical Group is a group that is taking psychedelic psychotherapy and plant medicine as a transformational experience to the world. We are out there training psychiatrists and the clergy all over the world for them to be able to institute this revolutionary mind-changing concept into their protocols wherever they whether they're from serbia or south africa or jamaica or israel people are all calling out for this information and in these times of uncertainty and these times of, of good conscious introspection it's the right time to bring the concepts of the reconscious medical group to the world so our mission is to pry open your third eye and have you see yourself in your ultimate powerful selves. And that's what we all are, is our ultimate powerful ourselves with as much abundance as ever imaginable and using the law of attraction to bring it all into focus. The way that we bring it into focus is through plant medicine and a pharmaceutical drug called ketamine. So for, for all of us that live in Gonjurado, Cannabis is legal, so it's one of our plant medicines that we use. In Jamaica, mushrooms are legal, so we use psilocybin there. And in the rest of the world, we uh, stay legally by using a substance called ketamine, which is a mind-expanding um, opportunity for all people. So I guess today we'd like to start with Mark, Dr. Mark with a K, and you can tell us a little bit about uh, plant medicine, the use of ketamine, and what your mission is as the as the CEO of the Reconscious Medical Group. Thanks, Ross and Stevie. Glad to have this opportunity. So excited to be able to have a podcast talking about this. This is stuff that when I was in medical school, I, I would have gotten expelled from school for, man, <laughs> or maybe even had the cops knocking on my door. Now, as a physician in Colorado in 2020, I get to stand tall and proud and bring plant medicine to the people, man. What a blessing. I, I've never been so excited about my career. Um, we have a mission to how we're gonna bring this medicine out to the people. Uh, we have a great responsibility, Stevie. Uh, these medicines aren't, aren't to be taken lightly. And my mission is to medicalize them and help regulate them and get them out there safely to the masses with the proper intention to raise worldwide vibration and consciousness, man. So that's what we're out here for. And that's what this podcast is about. If we can help more people to raise their vibration, the earth will be of a higher vibration. This is the right time for plant medicine. And this is maybe humanity's best last chance, man. Uh, Dr. Mark with a K, why is this uh, movement picking up steam now? It's not like uh, psychedelic plant medicine is something new. Nothing new, man. Um, it, a lot of research has been done. Um, a lot of research in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and then the government squashed it, man. The government quashed all the research. Um, but our good friends at MAPS have been leading the great fight, man. Rick Doblin has been working since the 80s to bring this into fruition, and now it's happening, man because of the OGs that came before us and laid this groundwork and, and paved that runway. Now we can do it, man. Um, and now people are ready for it. I think these, the studies that are happening in legitimate universities, man, I mean, since Johns Hopkins has been doing research with psilocybin, 
everyone's open to it, man. It's the legitimization through the medicalization that is bringing this to light and for real right now. Can you speak, Mark, to a little bit about ketamine as, as, a, as a psychedelic pathway? Yeah, man. Ketamine originally came out in, in the 60s, came out as an animal tranquilizer in 1962. And by 1965, they started trying it on humans. Uh, they actually did trials on prisoners, as unethical as that sounds, but they had it approved as an anesthetic. And it became widely used as an anesthetic in the Vietnam War. It was called the buddy anesthetic because one soldier could give it to another in the field. It was that safe. So it could totally anesthetize someone, dissociate them, and yet they wouldn't, you wouldn't have to worry about their respirations going down, man. So now, around 2000, we started looking at this for depression. And first studies started coming out about ketamine being used for depression. So it's a very safe drug. And the, we came out with a protocol of low-dose sub-psychedelic ketamine for depression. And we found that it was very helpful, man. If you look at people who had failed uh, other drugs and their depression hadn't gotten better, we say Prozac or Cymbalta or traditional psychotherapy or changes in diet and exercise, we were giving them low doses of ketamine and they were getting better. And that's really cool, man. And, and that's how ketamine is being widely used in America. About 98% of the psychiatric ketamine being used is non-psychedelic doses. And that works and that helps, man. But what we do is something really different. If you dose ketamine correctly, it can be a maxi psychedelic, man, an ally and on par with any of the other plant medications. You can have journeys as intense as DMT with ketamine when it's dosed correctly. And when you pair that psychedelic experience with psychotherapy, intention, and integration, life-changing results, man. Um, I've, as a psychiatrist for years, I've been doing therapy with people. And because of your defenses and your neuroses, you're unable to go to places within. You're unable to go to your shadow parts, man, because you don't want to see it. And psychedelics are like a throughway to your shadows. You can't help but see it. That's what many people refer to as a bad trip, is the negative things about themselves that psychedelics show them. But in a therapeutic context, those negative places are wonderful to go to. You can't learn. You can't go forward without going backwards first, man. You've got to go into the dark to see the light, Stevie. Okay, well, let's move on into the light. So that's one of the substances that the Reconscious Medical Group um, is using. What about the use of cannabis? Because most people use cannabis just to get high or go to a concert or feel relaxed at night or get the munchies. How does cannabis play a role in becoming a psychedelic versus a recreational use? It's one of the OG psychedelics, man. If you look at the neurochemistry of cannabis and what it does, and it does act on 5-HT2A receptors like the other psychedelics, man. If we unconsciously use it and don't tune in to our heart space and our third eye it's not a psychedelic but if you use cannabis with proper intention man and proper ceremony it can be a profound psychedelic the experiences i've seen people have with cannabis psychedelically is intense man on par with any of the other medications if not more it's a really fantastic psychedelic for releasing trauma it's also a fantastic initial psychedelic for some people man it's a nice gateway psychedelic if you will cannabis is such a great gateway just not to what the man told us it was a gateway for but with psychedelics um, before psilocybin maybe or before ketamine it's wonderful to to softly move into it and when you mentioned uh the end something receptors that went right over my rasta head can you give me a little deeper understanding of what this brain chemistry is going on with psychedelics yeah so different activities but one of the activities common to psychedelics is activity at the 5-ht2a serotonin receptor okay i've heard of serotonin yeah man serotonin is what psychiatrists have been giving people drugs for years for, man. And notice that I call the med the stuff psychiatrists give you as drugs and the stuff and plant medicine is medicine. Love to help people 
change that vernacular to thinking about what doctors give you are drugs, what we take as ceremony as medicine. Well, you know, many people would talk about ketamine, you know, going into the K-hole and it's like a, a party drug for raver kids. Um, and, and the use that you're talking about, is it the same drug and the same use? Very different drug, man. I mean, that K-hole that recreational people don't want to go to is the ceremonial space that I want to take my patients to. On a recreational level, ketamine, I think, is a horrible drug, man. You, take, you can't stand up. You can't talk. It's no fun. I don't know why people do that recreationally. It's <laughs> dangerous. They should not do it. They stick it in their nose, and they go out dancing. That's ridiculous, man. So, I'm sorry, I got distracted a little bit. No, that's maybe. good. I'm emphatic and about that. But I, again, using these medicines recreationally is doing them a disservice, man. We can't elevate consciousness in the vibration through unconscious rec use. Mm -hmm. And none of us have time to waste with unconscious rec use, man. If you're going to do medicine and have a journey, make it intentional and make it positive gain something from it have all of humanity gain something out of you eating medicine don't be selfish and fucking party i get that well that brings us right into one of our guests today which is brett and from maxi soda and he is a long-term long-time uh, aficionado of psychedelics and had many different experiences and when i called brett and told him about the project last night he said well, I've, that's interesting, Stevie, because I just started reading a book. So, Brett, tell us about the book you started reading and your experiences with psychedelics. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, I've, I've started reading a book called uh, How to Change Your Mind uh, by Michael Pollan. And it's, uh, it's a book about uh, what's going on with psychedelics today, just like Dr. K was talking about. Uh, so it's it uh, a friend of mine who... Uh, that we we talk about uh, kind of new consciousnesses and we both quit drinking alcohol and we're just trying to live up and be a little more uh, vision oriented in a daily life. And, you know, I, I used to take psychedelics back in the day, you know, from my teens until, you know, through my 20s. And uh, I thought it was very profound. And, you know, it, it wasn't in the, the, the setting that you're talking about Dr. Mark, but the, the, I've always thought that, you know, I've always been a seeker and wanting vision and wanting insight and understanding into, you know, my greater realms and, uh, the realms of consciousness and, and what is beyond what we normally see every day. And, uh, but I kind of got off taking psychedelics just because it was kind of, like Ken Kesey talked about, you know, you can't just bring people through the same door every day all the time. And, you know, it's kind of it kind of become became the same thing on a level. And so I I, I, I pretty much stopped doing psychedelics and uh, spent a lot of time uh, learning yoga and doing meditation work and uh, still using cannabis because I think it is a insight drug and it works for me to be able to you know, uh, uh, basically just like get out of my head a little bit on this in the, get out of the normal track of life, you know, and, uh, I'm a photographer too. And I love to be able to really get to be able to see things deeply and really want to know the nature of them, both for my life and the world outside of me. So, you know, reading this, starting to read the book made me think, well, I'd like to, experiment again try it again and see you know see what it's about and uh you know there's a there's a this book has shown a light just just as an introduction for people that had never heard about psychedelics and and uh doing psychedelics before and how they can work in therapy like mark was uh, talking about and so it's just it is it excites me that you call me and it's like well let's talk about this stuff right when i've been thinking about it and this and my my other buddy that We've been having a lot of conversations about it over the last few weeks, and uh, and I'm just interested to see what you know how the how the trip goes with you, Mark. How do you how do you set it up? Uh, what are the revelations? You know, and because some of my concerns about what I was reading in the book was that it looked like a lot of the 
the ways that it was that this that the research and the studies were being approached was kind of sterile and uh, mainstream. So tell us about a little bit about that, Mark. Yeah, man, I think it's a, it's definitely a little bit different uh, when you come into my private practice and you take this medicine and we approach it from a very ceremonial kind of aspect, man. The, the set and setting is so important when someone's going to ingest plant medicine and go on a journey. You really want to have a kind, warm, inviting environment, man. Someone's going to lay down on, in a cocoon is what we call the, you build a nest, right? You, you have a, a mattress you lay down on or, or a couch, blankets, pillows, maybe pillows over your knee, an eye shade, music that's timed to the journey. And, and that's the, before the journey even starts, we're gonna spend about an hour talking about what, what you've been thinking about in terms of the journey. What, what you'd like to hope get out of this journey, what you'd like to explore, what you'd like to see. So to help you set your intention and prepare for it. Honestly, hopefully someone has started preparing for it before they come into the office. They've been thinking about this, having some preparation, working on it, because it's not just taking the medicine once and feeling better. A lot of the studies are focused on on the biologic element of the medicine, man, taking the medicine and feeling better. And that's cool and that's part of it, but there's so much more to it when you set intention and you think about it. And the same thing with using cannabis on a daily basis, man. When you give thanks and, and think about what you want to get out of it and, and where you want to go with it, it helps to elevate you and take you there. So, you know, we talk for an hour, we set that intention, man, make sure you're safe, take a full medical history to make sure it's safe for you to have this journey, to make sure your thyroid's not out of control or you don't have high blood pressure, man. There are precautions to take, talking to you about your history of nauseousness, for instance, man, because if you have high blood pressure or predisposition to nausea, we might treat you pharmacologically or herbally for one of those things. So you don't have to worry about it, man, because I don't want you to be worrying about anything or as little as possible when you go into this place. I want you to be calm and accepting and ready to take it in and travel. Sure. I'm gonna do my best guess after taking a good history of you and how medicines have reacted with you in the past and your sensitivities and proclivities towards these things and come up with my best idea of what a safe dose for you is, man. I'm gonna be conservative with that and I'm gonna go on the low side because I can always give you more. Right. So after we kind of set that intention and I lay you down and put you in your cocoon and your eye shade is on and the music is time, I'm going to give you, I'm going to have you either ingest the cannabis or give you an injection of ketamine after giving thanks, man, in a very ceremonial, warm setting that takes traditions from, you know, Buddhist tradition, native tradition. Eastern tradition, Western tradition, really kind of making an eclectic thanks, man, and to help launch you into that space. 10 to 15 minutes in, if you're not deep enough, we have a pre-agreed on range of a booster dose of either cannabis or ketamine that you'll read that will do a little bit more to take you deeper. And hopefully at that point, we'll have you in the place where you'll be hallucinating, man. Having that eye shade on will allow your third eye to open up, and hopefully you'll be seeing a lot of shit, which is great. Right. Um, beautiful things, man, realizations, and, and remembering them, okay, and seeing them. Because when after you go through this journey of about an hour for ketamine, an hour and a half, two hours for cannabis, you're going to come out, and that's when the talking therapy is going to begin, because we're going to integrate what you saw and what you got out of it, man. Sure. For instance, interconnectivity is a common theme that comes up with psychedelic journeys. Applying that interconnectivity in your daily will make you and everyone around you feel right. better and stronger, man. So that's the integration work. Again, it's not just taking this and feeling better and going on. And I mean, that's cool. 
and the, these medications will raise your serotonin and, and will have you feeling better. But if you don't do the work, you might as well just take Prozac, bro. Well, and I, you know, and that's that's been my personal trip over the last twenty or thirty years of just learning more about myself, learning how I can be more integrated in my in my community with my family, with my friends, how I can be a and you know, it's I like how you talk about it, you know, the ceremonial and uh, the ceremonial aspect makes more sense to me. It's almost like psychedelics for grown-ups. You know, like young and having fun with them and kind of like using them for recreation. And, and even though we got a lot of great stuff out of it, I feel like, you know, now it's like I'm a little more, it's kind of like grown up stuff, you know. It's very different, man. I, I've been, you know, using psychedelics since I started seeing the dead, man. That was kind yeah. of my introduction into this, yep. like many, like many of us in my age range. Praise Jah for jerry and Thank bringing jerry. that message but man it's different than what i get with it now and, and since learning how to use them ceremonially man with intention is so much greater my focus before wasn't on raising human vibrations man right but sure. now i get that i think and for if a I lot can of us you know are our young, uh, our, in our youthful days, we were experimenting with psychedelics, whether at the Grateful Dead or in the desert or at a concert or with our friends. And we always had rules, you know, you don't look at your hands, you don't look in the mirror, don't sit in the dark by yourself. And that's, and, and some of those are, are really, you know, good rules for tripping, but we're breaking those rules, those recreation rules, because what we, like Mark said, what we do is we put you into the dark blind you out so you don't have your two eye vision instead you have your third eye vision and that's where the introspection can really kick in so for me as a experienced psychedelic person i've I had transformational experiences uh in the last 10 years through ayahuasca and through ketamine that have been uh way more profound i called it kind of like a hard drive cleaner so when i came to and and realized you know maybe months later what i experienced it became the opportunity for me to become the new me and i wasn't living from my pain body i wasn't involved in my negative mindsets and living all of my past experiences and living from my scars instead i found a renewed sense of me that was and i started to focus my attention on living from that new me instead of the old scarred me and that's where these psychedelic experiences really have a profound effect on people's future is when you go across that doorstep and you step into that new, that new room, which is the new you, and you can start manifesting and living from that higher positive place, which is kind of the mission of the Reconscious Medical Group is to take people into that new door and across that threshold and into the new room of themselves for global transformation. And I think that's uh, something that the that this, uh, psychedelic psychotherapy has some real positive uses. And Brett and I were talking today about if you got too high at a dead show, they didn't put you in a straight jacket and send you to the EMTs. You went to the trip, trip tent. Yeah. <laughs> so for people that don't know about the trip tent, Brett, tell people what the trip tent is. Well, it's it's just it, it there's at a dead show, there's people doing a lot of psychedelics, there's a lot of information, it can be very overwhelming. And uh especially if people take extra heart heavy doses, they can they can really kind of leave their their bodies and and so their body on the earth is kind of running around doing, you know, Often taking their clothes off and throwing the money away was a very classic thing. But anyways, what they would do is would there be a place where there were a bunch of heads and they, some of them were medical people. They were EMTs and nurses and stuff. But it was just you'd grab your buddy and go to the trip tent. And it's, it was basically like a first aid tent where it was mellow and you had a place to sit down and it was cool and you could talk to somebody and they would sit with you until you kind of got your shit together again you know so yeah that's a trip tent a, a, a reassuring hand and so exactly and and so dr mark is that reassuring hand in the trip tent 
of psychedelic psychotherapy. So you never will experience that out of control thing where you throw all your money and your clothes away. Instead, you find that comfort zone of where you can um, experience something that is the impossible. And that leads me to our next guest, which is, oh wait, you wanna jump in? I wanna jump in and go back to one thing about the safety. I just wanna add, so Brett, I, I just wanna yeah. let you know, cause we're, I'm gonna take you deep and you're gonna travel, man. But we always have something around to take people out of their journey. Like we do have Valium on hand, just so people know, which is like a, a get out of jail card with a, with a psychedelic, man. <laughs> sure. If I give that to you, you will sober up. And I've never had to give it, man. Okay. Yeah. I can put a hand on someone's shoulder or worst comes to worst, change the song. And people <laughs> come out of it every time nice. i have not had a bad trip yet homie nice not a bad trip well this is a great trip you're with the reconscious medical hour right here yeah, on the adam dunn network and we want to thank adam and mark and all the people that have invited us to bring some of this higher consciousness to the people and bring something from the impossible to the land of possibilities and that brings us to our next guest and that's misto the magi he's an amazing magician a, uh, a gypsy from long time and a person who's got a lot of experience in bringing in the magic and the impossible. So Misto, tell us a little about, about yourself and your experience with psychedelics. Um, sure. Well, I've always interested, I mean, magic is my life. And so, you know, after you get through the card tricks phase of magic, then it's like, where is real magic? And, and that started uh, my journey uh, with psychedelics, was just trying to find the real magic. And again, uh, just like our last guest who was, who was saying, you know, back in the early days and in my 20s and, and things, that's where I started to uh, experiment. And yes, I've been to the dead shows, but I never made it to the trip tent. Um, <laughs> hey, <laughs> <laughs> he somehow walked out that's with my money. That's the acid test, man. <laughs> he passed. Um, he got an A in the acid test. Exactly. But but I did always, you know, want to try to find the magic. Where is the magic? What what is out there beyond um, this this reality? And so uh, that started that uh, exploration, which then later turned into ceremonial exploration. I, I mean, I, I have experienced magic on psychedelics, and I've also experienced. Um, magic through ceremony and ritual, um, also through uh, Kundalini and yoga. Like you were saying, there you know, there's many gateways um, to those higher realms. Um, and so then, you know, using that knowledge, then I get to bring that into my performance because when you get into those places, it's often really fun and and inspiring. And so then I take that energy and bring that into my performance, which is, which is just for everybody. And it's fun. And magic just points, you know, magic and magicians always point to what, you know, it, it's always a metaphor uh, for something else. So, you know, if a magician is, is, taking rings and linking them together, well, what is that about? Is that about those wild and wacky, wacky rings and what they can do? No, it's about connection. It's about feeling separate and being connected, being connected to something greater. That, and, and then, you know, they make patterns which are beautiful. So that is what magicians are trying to show people. You know, if a woman is you know, floating in midair in front of the magician, you know, you know, what is, what is that experience? You know, levitation, you know, that's what the, you know, that's what the Tibetan monks do, you know, and you always place that woman into a trance and then she rises up, you know, what, and that, that is what magicians are trying to show people that if you get into those higher places of trance, you will rise like it and cool. so as a magician you uh, i've seen a lot of your magic thing but tell the people a little bit about the different types of magic and and shows and performance that you bring well i have a big show um called the misto magic show 
and it's a big stage illusion show. We cut a woman in thirds. We, I float her on a broom, and we do the fastest trick in the West. It's a vaudeville-style show, and it's super fun and fast-paced, and everybody can come. You know, it's a family show, and it's just super fun. It's a good time. And it has a lot of underlying mysticism in your show. It does. It does. And I talk about that uh, within the show. Uh, but you, you can also walk into a bar. You can also walk into a bar and do magic one-on-one -on -one to people and blow their minds, too. <laughs> sure. There's close-up slide of hand magic. And if you go to my Facebook page, uh, Misto the Magi, uh, I've been posting for the last three weeks since this virus started. I've been posting a close-up magic trick every single day. And you it's, can see those types of sleight of hand um, wizardry. Tell us about your experience with microdosing. Um, sure. So, um, <laughs> a, while, a while back, uh, actually in the springtime, I ran into a friend of mine who was saying that he was just, you know, experiencing a bunch of, of lethargy. And another friend of his said, you're a little depressed is what your problem is. And he started uh, experimenting with microdosing and told me about his journey and said that it really changed things. And then he got busy and he had a, like he cleaned up his garage one day, you know, that needed it forever. Like, all of a sudden he had all this energy. And, you know, when wintertime comes, especially right after Christmas time, uh, my, my business slows down. And I was, I was having those feelings of just like, I think I'm, I've been up for two hours. I think it's time for my nap. <laughs> and not really uh, feeling inspired. And so he told me about, about microdosing. And so I tried it. And, you know, it really did. It gave me energy. It kept me uplifted. Um, I wouldn't do it every day. We did it every four days to so the serotonin levels can come back up. And mostly I just felt energized and focused and a little bit more uh, happy about inspired. life. Inspired. More inspired. Tell the people a little more about microdosing that people may not know. And what substance were you using? How much were you taking? And how often were you doing it? How long was it before you experienced any <laughs> profound changes? You sure you don't want to pose that question to the doctor? <laughs> yeah, I, I, he's going to ask. I'm going to ask him the same question, too. But I wanted to get your personal experience on it first, if you're comfortable with that. OK, well, my my first experience was um, last ski season here in Colorado. And a friend of mine said, hey, let's microdose and go skiing. And that sounded fun, uh, except he got the wrong vial. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and we're about two hours into our ski adventure, and I'm like, I don't think this is microdosing. <laughs> Those clouds are all kinds of colors. So <laughs> it was a really fun day, but we had to spend a lot of time in the parking lot after the ski mountain closed. <laughs> At the ski tent, trip tent. <laughs> he needed the value. He needed the drive-through volume ten at that point. Is what right, he needed. Exactly. Right. And then, and then my buddy, who who uh, I talked about earlier, he was like, "Well, well, you just completely did it the wrong way." And <laughs> depends on if you want to ski all day or not. <laughs> so ba basically, uh, what he told me to do is, you basically take one hit and cut it up really, really small and put it into 10 ounces of water and you shake, you, you put it in a jar in a cool, cool, dark place and you shake it up every day and you leave it sit there for about two weeks. Then you take one ounce of it every four days. So it's a 40 day program. So, so you do you it think, once. What, what would you get? What would you guess that the dose was that you started with and then the dose you're taking every day? Like how much was the hit? Well, let's say it's, I don't know how much is a hit. 150 days? micrograms is standard. Yeah, yeah about standard. champion. Usually you get 100 on the street. You got 150s. I want to buy from your dealer. Yeah, 100 <laughs> to 150 probably. Yeah. So, so I'm saying it's about, it's about 10. 
Each so dose would be about 10. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very small. And like I said, it, it, I, a lot of times I'd forget that I took it. Mm. Like a few hours. Like at first you're like very aware of it for an hour or two. And then you're just like, go about your day. So you're not yeah. really tripping. You're just kind of having a, a, a kind of a little extra. Elevated vibrations. Elevated vibrations. Elevated vibration. That would be it. I like it. Man, I've heard so many different microdosing protocols, right? <laughs> There's no book on this, man. Right. Uh, that tells you exactly what to do. Uh, there, there's no really great authorities. And I think it's also dependent upon which medicine someone has, right? Sure. If you have peyote, take some peyote. If you have some LSD, LSD, fucking psilocybin, what, what have you, man. Um, the general rule of thumb for microdosing is about a tenth, like 0.1 to 0.15 of whatever that dose would be to have a profound experience. Yeah. Now, that seems pretty stable across the boards from people I've spoken to about how much medicine they take. What's all over the place is how often you should be taking it, man. Yeah. If it's and everybody's got their magic soup protocol, right? Like every four days you take the LSD or every day for five days on every sixth new moon, you take a cycle. I mean, I've, I've heard it all. Um, what, what I, what I kind of like doing and what I advise people is to do it for a month. Try and take it every day for a month, man. Have your brain chemistry changed on the daily for 30 days. That seems significant to me, man. It seems as, as a psychiatrist for like 20, 25 years, when it seems like it would take a month of taking something every day before I notice a difference, be it Prozac, Lexapro, Depakote, whatever it is, man, you don't really know what you got until after a month. And if you're not taking it regularly, it's kind of hard to tell. I also think because people aren't having side effects from this and they're tolerating it well, why not take it every day for a month, man? So that's kind of the protocol that I think. And it depends on what medicine you have access to and what's reliable, you know? And so, so with, with the Reconscious Medical Group, how does microdosing play in that? It doesn't, man. It's not really a, a, a part of, of our protocol, Stevie. Um, it does with cannabis. We do a lot of microdosing of cannabis. I think microdosing is a great way so that people can medicate during the day without intoxication or people who are very sensitive to THC can microdose. But it, it's a different vibe than when we talk about microdosing psychedelics, man. You know, like if I tell you to take a little bit of THC every day for a month, I don't expect you to have the same effect on depression or, or motivation as I do if you took a microdose of psilocybin or LSD every day for a month. So, so different vibes. Um, what was your question I, again, Stevie? I, I had one question. Yeah, go ahead. Lisa. When you're doing when you're doing the ketamine, you know, people are different sizes and weights. Um, how do you determine how much to give them? So, I take a detailed history of what you've taken before, man. I do a psychedelic or a psychoactive medication history, right? So I ask you, Misto, when you take LSD, how much do you take, right? Some people take a quarter hit. Some people take three hits. Some people take seven grams of psilocybin. Some people take three. So I kind of use your past experiences and sensitivities to psychiatric medications, psychoactive substances, and cannabis, along with your weight to come up with the best guess, best guess approximation. And then I go lower, okay? So I know that one about one milligram per kilogram is the right psychedelic dose for most people. However, it's a range. I'm going to go on the low side and then have a booster that I'll give you in 15 minutes, man. Yeah. And hopefully I'll get it right and launch you into hyperspace. If I don't, I'm sorry. Come back the next time and then I'll know exactly where to send you. So I do do my best guess, but I don't want to overshoot shoot the mark, Mr. 
So I've never done ketamine, so I'm unfamiliar with it. Well, the thing about it is, is that that when you go into the K-hole and and to get into the K-hole, if you go too far, you won't remember anything. And the point of the therapy at the Reconscious Medical Group is, is for you to remember everything. So you want to be able to rocket to the moon and back, but you want to remember your trip. You want to speak to that, Mark? Yeah, if you take too much ketamine, you won't remember, and you'll have an anesthetic effect, and that wouldn't be good. Uh, But if you have the the right dose, you'll have a profound psychedelic experience like you've had with LSD or psilocybin or or whatever other psychedelics you've had, Misto. And it'll be about an hour long, and then you'll come to, and you'll remember, and we'll talk about it. And when you come to, man, you're clean as a whistle. Like, after I trip, I'm fried. You know, the next day I just feel like, uh, boy, I'm not doing that again. You can't really do, you know, heavy psychedelics every day. It's too much. With ketamine, when Dr. Mark sent me to the outer regions of the galaxies, I came right into my body when, it, when he brought me out. I came right in and I was like sitting up. I could totally um, speak to my experience. I could remember my experience. I could elaborate on my experience. I felt clean. I felt crisp. And not crispy, I felt crisp. I felt like a renewed sense of clarity within my being, like things looked extra clear and extra clean for me. That was my experience. Man, you come see me in the morning, I'll get you to work after lunch, no problem. And you'll feel incredible and you'll be sharp as a tack. Which is interesting because a lot of people talk about Special K in the K-hole as not being that clean, crisp, um, wonderful place. You know, that it's like... I'm fried, I'm burnt, you know, like I just did X and I, you know, I, I need a break. But the, uh, Mark, speak a little bit to the Reconscious Medical Group's recommendation of how people should uh, go through this ceremonial eye, uh, third eye, third eye, prying open the third eye ritual. Like, should we do it every day? Oh, no way, man. <laughs> These are these are really heavy medicines that should be taken with respect and not taken lightly. They can also have side effects on your body. If you take ketamine too often, you can have severe bladder problems, man. Not a good time. So recreational abusers of ketamine that take it too frequently uh, oftentimes do have long-term bladder issues, um, such as interstitial cystitis that comes out of this. Um, oftentimes we have a protocol. Let's say that you want to have mass change, man. It's not just one shot, you know, but come in. You're going to have four to six treatments, kind of. And after those four to six treatments with intention setting in between, with, with integration work in between, you're going to have a lot of work, man. You're going to have a lot of realizations and transformative experiences. Let that soak in. Do integration work every day. And then reassess, man. Some people, their lives are going to be changed forever like mine has been with ketamine. You may never need a journey again, okay? And then other people, if you have chronic depression, this might be something that you need once a month. Because you know what? It's better to have this once a month and maybe have bladder problems and kill yourself. So it's a huge continuum, Stevie. But often, you know, what I really recommend is is keeping your journeys to every six to 12 months. I have, a, I have another question for you, doctor. Yes, Mr. So what, what kind of, so what kind of problems do people come to you for this type of treatment? You mentioned trauma. depression, but what else? Trauma is most common, man. Trauma is, it's like the human condition that we've all been through. Whether or not we realize we've had it, we've had it. We've all lived through trauma and we all carry around those wounds and that baggage. And to help people release that trauma allows them to elevate from their depression, their anxiety, their ADHD, their addictions, man. People, people call this stuff draw. I've worked in rehabs for years and people get sent to rehab for doing psychedelics. Instead, man, if they would have used psychedelics properly, they wouldn't have had to come to rehab. So, so my kind of rehab. Excellent. So, Mark, I had a question for you. The, uh, uh, what is uh, 
you know, coming from, I mean, we're all, we're all experienced psychonauts here that have some past experience with doing psychedelics. Um, and even when you talk about dropping out and, and just, you know, getting completely through the door, like you're stay, saying, Stevie, what do you say to me who might be a little leery of just losing, compl- losing myself, A, but also more importantly, like just for like my sister or someone who else who's never really done a lot of drugs or not into consciousness raising or whatever, how do you talk to people or coach them on, you know, what it's going to be like? Like what's, you know, the first time you did acid, how do you describe that to someone or whatever, you know, the first time you trip. So what's your approach to people that are, I don't want to say straight, but less experienced than we are? We'll, we let them know they're going to have visual hallucinations. I think you, you open people up to that and it's going to be okay. They let them know they're going to see things and they're going to see colors and images. And, and that's part of what we want them to see so that when they come back, they can tell me what they see. I, I let you know that no one's ever lost it on me before, man. Mm-hmm. If you do lose it, I'm going to give you a medicine that's going to reverse this. Okay, Brett? You'll that- feel better in five minutes and you won't have to go to the hospital. Don't right. worry, man. Most of the time, if I can lend a, a hand on your shoulder and change the song, you're going to feel better. So kind of use some of that reassurance, man. And and then I let them know, you know, Brett, the thing is, as, as unique and profound all of our journeys have been, they're not that special, dude. When you talk to 20 people about their trips, they start sounding familiar. Yeah. There's themes to journeys. And you start to let the people know that they, they might feel themselves tra- ascending upwards into the heavens. They might see themselves going through the galaxy. They might see themselves in a lake feeling ripples. So, you, you know, I can kind of tell them what kind of what to expect and alleviate it. Also, people are coming to me asking me for this, dude. So they, they want to go there. They Even if they're totally naive to... To, to this world, maybe they've read Michael Pollan's book, something that's opened their sure, eyes sure. and made them pick up the phone and want to try this. Maybe it's also that they're burnt out on, on what psychiatry's had to offer traditionally. They're tired of pills. They don't want to take more pills to get over their illnesses. Like People want something different, and they're ready for this. It's crazy. Um, straight people are coming in and asking for this treatment, man. More than half of my patients coming in are not psychonauts. You know, for me, Brett, one of the things that I learned in ayahuasca was the power of surrender to the medicine. I have so much resistance because I've never let myself get that far out there and become like psychotic, you know, that that kid that went to the dead shows and never came back kind of thing. Right, right. So I always kept that that, something in my arsenal, that little piece of me that's like, no, I'm going to hold on to some reality here because I want to make sure I come back. And after my ayahuasca experience and I didn't allow them, I didn't surrender the medicine the first journey, the second journey I did, I surrendered and I had a much more profound and wonderful experience. So when uh, Dr. Mark with a K sent me out into the galaxies on ketamine, I just surrendered. I mean, I had some intentions going on and I had some conscious thought while I was in it, but I was like, Take me where I need to go. Let me see what I need to see. And I'm all ears and all eyes and ready for this, you know, awareness to come to me. And it was profound. I mean, it was very, very profound. And and for me, it was, I wouldn't say life changing because I've been there so many times. And Mark laughed at me. He goes, man, you're the perfect guy to take this. So you're so comfortable that I go, take me every day. bro. I'm I'm downtown. (laughs) Like every day I want to go. I like it better there. Right. It was much nicer than the rest yeah. of reality that I've been experiencing, you know, and I was like, I, I can, I'll stay here. No problem. But for me, it was a, it was a, a place that I could relax into and, a, and, and a, not necessarily a, a whole new me, but a new overstanding of the new me, that little part. And so for me, each journey added one more layer of iriness to my beingness. Right on. And so for me, it's a, I, I, and as Mark says, people come to him asking for this medicine. Sure. And so, you know, asking it is given. 
So people are prepared for it. And even if you're not prepared for it, even if you're not an experienced psychonaut, you can go into this thing with a comforting hand of Dr. Mark with a K and, and you know, be rest assured that you will be well taken care of, you'll be comfortable, and you'll be able to experience some of what we're, we're talking about on your own personal level. Nice. I, just, I had just one last thing to ask, too. As far as standard psychological uh, uh, diagnoses, I have anxiety issues and some depression issues, and uh, it seems like a lot of the psychedelics are working with uh, PTSD, uh, anxiety, depression, um, and 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 uh, can you speak to you know what happens once people have gone on the journeys and then. Uh, what if, what do they come back to you about talking about like my depression or my trauma or whatever? And then I want to expand upon that because we talk about these labels and these diagnoses. Sure. All, is it good for this or it's good for that? Sure. They're good for the soul and good for the spirit, right? Yeah. Like, and we, we're not, we can't use these medicines for non-clinical diagnoses, but I think we all know even if there's nothing wrong with you, this is going to help you to be a better person. Sure. So whatever that label is, it might help too, except for certain labels that it could make worse, right? So we want to be careful. If someone is psychotic, for instance, right. or manic, we're not going to want to send them into hyperspace. Sure. They ain't, coming, they ain't going to come back for a long sure. time. We sure. don't want to do that. So for, for, but for the, for the non-manic, non-psychotic, it's going to help, man. And and so when you, you were asking, like, what are you going to gain from this journey? How is it going to help you to get to get better? So often, so like with trauma and that release of trauma, feeling like, you, I mean, you experience yourself traveling. People feel themselves traveling into the heavens and just shedding trauma. That's what you feel, man. With yeah. cannabis, you actually get this visceral release of the, of, of the trauma leaving you. That's the word people use is you have this release, man. Nice. And, and oftentimes with our interpersonal issues or, or things that annoy us and get us upset and get our neuroses or depression, anxiety going, when we can figure those things out and, and let go of them or, have, or see them with more clarity and acceptance, then it lets our mood and anxiety elevate. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think that's one of the real uh, big parts of, of the... Uh, power of plant medicine and psychedelic psychotherapy is to um, have that window open of opportunity to see things from a different perspective. And as I said earlier, you know, stop, uh, take the opportunity to not live from your scars, but live from your potential. And all of us have trauma and those things seep into your head at all times and they keep coming and haunting you. And what I've found with this psychedelic psychotherapy is those things are just less prevalent in my life, less important. And, you, you know, it's not what you can't eat. It's what you can eat. It's not what you can't do. It's what you can do. So these open those portals of possibilities for people, you know, like magic does. You know, the impossible is possible. You just experienced it. You saw it. And when you take that on a personal level, that helps uh, you know, everyone, whether you're psychotic or you have a little depression or whether you're the most balanced kid in the universe, it, we all can benefit on some level from having a little more ease in the daily pressures and a little more, you know, belief and understanding in the power of the self and how that power of the self can be your guidepost instead of uh, this fear-based mentality and all of the, you know, scaring, the scary realities and conspiracy theory of coronavirus and all this other weirdness can, you know, take over your mindset. If we can keep our mindsets on the ultimate potential of the ultimate you and how you can be that ultimate you, then that's, that's where the reconscious mind group finds global success is when we touch individuals one-on-one -on -one and they become more empowered selves in the universe. Cause that's really where we're, all you know focusing our attention is how we can all elevate as a, individually as self which elevates all of us in our community here here stevie nice yeah man 
And so uh, Dr. Mark has a lot of experience in this, personal as well as clinical. And as Brett and I were talking about earlier, this isn't really a white coat stethoscope kind of protocol because we use the word clinical. But the word clinical in this, in this terminology is having the safety net of volumes on board, having an experienced doctor uh, there that has experience in the clinician aspects of, you know, psychedelic experiences. And that's what separates off, you know, this from, you know, you and me, Brett, doing ketamine on our own and trying to find our introspective selves. You know, this is a guided journey. This right. is a supportive journey with all of the tools necessary for safety and profound experience that can, that can, you know, offer people some solace in their, in their journey and remove that anxiety. Because every time you eat acid, when you oh, start yeah. to come on, you get a little bit anxious. For sure. A little bit anxious here. <laughs> What's going to happen? How high am I going to get? You know, right. that puddle right. was a little bit bigger than I thought. And you have that <laughs> apprehension, which has a tendency to uh, dampen the, the, the experience of the profound experience because you're, pre, you know, you predisposed mindset to something, you know, scary. And, and, and the reconscious medical group protocol is the opposite of scary. It's caressing. It's the cocoon of, of warmth and safety that people can go into this ceremonial and sacredly and, and be able to rest comfortably in that experience. Yeah, I like I like that I like the use of ceremonial because it, you know, there's there's clinical which is kind of the white coats, and then there's recreational which is you know dead show trip tent stuff. And I I like the idea of ceremony that you know that because it, because I, I'm about like setting my intentions and what what I want and you know what and 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 treating it with some reverence, you know. So I I like I like that you talk about ceremony and it, that that makes it much clearer for me you know well i also like that it that you said the experience is about an hour as opposed to lsd where you pretty much have to devote a whole day to the experience <laughs> or it, it often goes on way longer than you wish it had yes <laughs> and in these times people have not so much time so the, the you know the ketamine protocol kind of works with our you know, short attention span and high demands <laughs> on our lives. I mean, truly, you know, it's, it's, it's user friendly for the, for the, you know, for the children of the Irelinium. I can only take to so much galaxy journeying. Yes. And I tell you, man, having, you know, having a lot of experience with, with, with these medicines, I, you can get a lot out of an hour as much as you can out of eight. I mean, think about it. With a DMT journey of six minutes, you can get a lot out of that. So yeah. it doesn't need to be eight hours. Eight hours is hard. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm pretty fried afterwards. Yeah, man. And boy, it would cost a lot to have a doctor with you for eight hours, too. <laughs> so that's the other nice thing about ketamine from an affordability um, concept to the people. This medication because of its shorter duration, makes it more affordable so more people can access it. It's a medication that everyone can access legally. Now, a little bit difficult with corona, obviously, but globally, we can all legally access this medicine now. So yeah, it is kind of farmy, and it's not plant medicine, but it acts like plant medicine, and it's legal. And for that, I have mad respect and thanks. So Mark... Can you tell me about like uh, here in Minnesota? You know, uh, can can one just go to the store and get a dose of ketamine? How does that how does that work? You got to go to the doctor. You have to sure. you have to find a doctor. Um, they they might be a psychiatrist. They might be uh, an anesthesiologist or okay. another kind of doctor that that runs a, a ketamine clinic. Gotcha. And, but they're not all going to give a macro dose psychedelic experience again. 98% of the doctors practicing with ketamine in the States for depression are going to be giving sub-psychedelic doses. So if you want to find someone that does ketamine-assisted psychotherapy, right. you, can, you can get on the Ketamine Training Institute's website. They're a great resource for approved practitioners. Um, you know, around Denver, Boulder area, we have quite a few ketamine trained physicians through the Ketamine Institute. We're really 
graced here to have a lot of psychedelically minded physicians in, in the Denver area, man. Um, my practice in, De in Boulder at Medicinal Mindfulness, um, we, we have four of us uh, who are all really experts in giving psychedelic psychotherapy. So a lot of resources in the area. So you, you're out of Boulder? I'm in Boulder, Farmington, New Mexico, and Durango, Colorado. In okay. Boulder, in Boulder, I practice with a group called Medicinal Mindfulness. Um, we work with a few great partners, Daniel McQueen, who wrote the book on psychedelic cannabis, along with his wife, Allison, and my partner, Matthew Campo. And um, really great resource for the front range to access psychedelic psychotherapy. Cool. And, and once you delve into it, you'll find that it's really prevalent. It's a new school. It's kind of a new thought for many people. But, you know, as in everything, once you get into your conscious awareness of what it is, you'll find it. And, and Brett, it will call you. Yeah. You know what I mean, many are called and few are chosen. And you will. And if you're seeking this, you, you know, you may have to do a little research on your own, but you will be called to this medicine like, you know, the same thing with ayahuasca. You know, people are interested in it, and then you know it, it just comes to them sure. as a medicine. And and but to find someone that practices the level of what Mark deals with, I think is very unique, and that's what makes Reconscious Medical Group something very special within the the paradigm of psychedelic um, psychotherapy is the amount of experience, the safety, and you know, and the macro dosing and and working with experienced people that have tripped face and know what it's like and know how to deal with that is really crucial. Yeah, can you speak on that for a second? Because we had a we talked about that a little bit, Stevie, where uh, you were saying out of out of forty practitioners in in you know the Boulder area that they they didn't have that same thing that Dr. Mark has, and so. Can you explain just a little bit how you're, you're a little bit different than what uh, you could just pull out of the yellow pages or just, you know, if you went to one of these folks, how is that a little bit different than how they're approaching it? So, A, they're probably not giving psychedelic doses, man. Sure. So, one, you're going to have a psychedelic dose. Two, you're going to have an hour of preparation at least before the journey and then right. an hour of integration after the journey. So you're going to be with me or my partners for about three or four hours, man. And so you that's going to be really different. Sure. In, in another setting, you might just go in, right? sit in a room by yourself, get an IV infusion, listen to some music, not trip, and then leave when you're ready. Man, right. when you leave our place, you're going to hopefully feel like a different person and have some new realizations. Because Stevie was it's also going to be... I'm sorry, but, and also just to yeah. give reverence to that ceremonial aspect right. we're using. Right. It's not just going to be a sterile office environment. You're going to feel warm, comfortable, loved, and held. Yeah. We're holding space for you, man. Well, because it, it sounded like when Steve was saying is like what it, what, what it was alluding to in some of the, the studies where they were talking about, you know, uh, uh, when they were studying the psychedelics, they had people that hadn't experienced psychedelics and they were evaluating people and different doses and stuff like that. And then when Stevie was talking about some of these other practitioners that are doing it, it sounded almost like the same thing. And how Stevie was saying, well, they don't do an intake, they don't do an exit, they don't, you know, and so it, I really liked, I really felt much more comfortable about what you guys were talking about, where we sit and talk about what's my intention, because my intention is very important. And then what happened after in that whole trip. So that sounds much more unique than a standard thing you'd get out there. It's unique, man, but I'm not the only one doing this. Right. There's, and, and man, I have been blessed since I've started doing this and I've been going to trainings and conferences to meet some other really cool doctors, man. There are some great people out there doing this. Some sure. really open-minded forward-thinking psychiatrists that I yeah. didn't know existed, man. Nice. And part of my goal is to train more of us, to get more people out there doing what I do so that there is a psychedelic army of physicians around the world ready to carry on and give this medicine and love. Awesome. And and as the world turns and as we all grow and, and, and progress and, you know, in these times of, 
of uncertainty and all this. This is a time where we can be certain for one thing. This is the opportunity for all of us to experience elevation of our consciousness and create the, they say this is a new way of living. Things are going to be different from here on out. Well, let's hope so. And let's not only just hope, but let's actively work as a community to usher in the new beginning, the new awareness. And the, the work that Mark's doing, and I'm honored to be part of the Reconscious Medical Group, is, you know, one aspect of global, globalization of, of, of mindfulness, you know, versus globalization of corporateness. And it, if we can get out there and institute some safe space and some comfort individually and get to the others and movers and shakers to create that army that Mark speaks about, I mean, this is the greatest life work I could ever hope to be involved in. Because if we can create an army of conscious people out there, then we'll be the, the army that can't be defeated because we'll be the army of love. And that's where, you know, we all have the power. This is the Reconscious Medical Hour. And we'll be here every Sunday, starting at 420 Gonjurado time. That's mountain time. And we'll have different guests, every strong on the show. This is all being spearheaded by the wonderful and talented and experienced Dr. Mark with a K. Let's give a nice round of applause for Dr. Mark with a K. He's, he's, the, he's the captain of the ship, and this is a, is a strong ice-breaking ship. We're going through uncharted frozen lands in Antarctica and breaking ice and, you know, and arriving with the penguins. And we invite everyone to tell your friends and family about this revolutionary work. And every strong on the show will have you know, uh, a deeper understanding of what we're dealing with. And we want to thank our special best of this Reconscious Medical Hour, Mr. Brett Ryerson from Maxi Soda, who's an experienced uh, alternative reality kid, and you can see it through his amazing photography. We want to thank Misto the Magi, who is always pushing the boundaries of what it is to overstand reality and what is your reality through magic and through psychedelics. And you guys have been really wonderful guests to have on our first show and really appreciate what you guys have brought to us today here on the Reconscious Medical Hour. It's been an honor and a pleasure, and I really appreciate what you guys have brought to us here on the show today. Right on. Peace. Thank you, so Ross. I want everyone to stay high, stay positive, stay empowered, stay tuned to the Adam Dunn Network. Um, the Adam Dunn Network goes live every Friday, every Ivy Friday at 420 Mountain Time. And if you don't know Adam Dunn's work, you should study up on him. He is the cannabis king of Gonjurado. And this guy brings a lot of really inspired cannabis discussions. And he's a leader and a, and a mover and a shaker in the cannabis industry. And we want to thank the great people of the great state of Gonjurado for believing in the sacredness of this medicine and allowing Gonjurado to be the very first place in the world to legalize cannabis the way we have and to see it in its medicinal and transformational use. So if you want more of this Gonjurado love, if you want Rocky Mountain High, you want to feel the mile high and higher energies, make sure and tune in every Irie Sunday. And we're here at 420 Mountain Time with the Reconscious Medical Hour right here on the Adam Dunn Network. God bless and guide each and every one of you. One love. Stay in power. <laughs>